I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 348 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if you guys enjoy fishing, I have got an incredible guest lined up for you today. Professional fisherman Mike Iaconelli, known on the water as Ike, is here with me today. Back in 2003, he was the Bassmaster Classic champion. In 2006, he was the Toyota Tundra Angler of the Year. And Ike is the only angler to have won the Bassmaster Classic, Bassmaster Angler of the Year, and Bass Nation Championship. You can catch him on YouTube, dropping tips, and watch him reel in some fish. His personality is just as big as the fish he brings in, and he is also a big ambassador for the sport of fishing. He is very passionate about getting more people, especially kids, to pick up that rod and reel. Mike Iaconelli will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Mike Iaconelli was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between Ike and myself, please hit my YouTube channel with a subscribe and check it out. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, you got to flip it back to episode 272 with the 2016 Bassmaster Elite Champion, Justin Lucas. I know many of you dads out there really enjoy fishing, and I understand why. I've taken several trips with my boys out on the party boat there. We spent the day together on the water. It's really a good time. I definitely want to do more of it this summer. Last year, at the end of the summer, I brought in the biggest fish on the boat, hit the pool, and took bragging rights for the remainder of the year until we get back out there on the water. All right, and don't miss out on Friday's show, guys. Dr. Dillip Joseph is going to be here with me. He was snatched up and held hostage by the Taliban back in 2012 until SEAL Team 6 came in and rescued him. You're not going to want to miss that interview and make sure you lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace to find out all these amazing upcoming guests I got coming. Uh, I will be dropping the announcements there before I do right here. So visit me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father that's in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be back with professional fisherman Mike Iaconelli. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever, and that all begins with what you put on your plate. Bell Campo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father, Mike Iaconelli. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. How you doing? I appreciate you having me on. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old? We've got four kids from 21 all the way down to seven. Uh, three, three girls and one boy. Wow, I, I have it the reverse of you. I got four kids myself. We have three boys and one girl. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what type yep. of sports or activities are they all into? So we've got everything from uh, field hockey 
to lacrosse to soccer to a fishing, of course, which, uh, you know, all the kids here grew up in an outdoor environment in a fishing household. So they all love the sport of fishing as well. Do you ever get involved with coaching any of the other sports like the soccer or lacrosse or you stay away from that and enjoy it from the sideline? From the sideline on the regular mainstream sports, you know, I'm, I'm such a competitive person myself. I, I think there's, it's, it could be detrimental in that environment. <laughs> But in the fishing world, you, you know, fishing has in the last 10 years has grown to be a sport now where there's high school programs and college programs. So I've been mentoring kids my whole career, uh, both at the high school level and at the college level. So um, it's great. And, you know, that's one of the things about doing something for a for a living is that you would love for your kids to follow your footsteps and enter it professionally. But at the same time, you know, I want, I want all the kids to have fun with whatever they do, including fishing. So you try to step outside of your professional role and, and just, I want them to have fun when they're outdoors, you know? Yeah. Well said, if you could, Mike, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit more about your background and uh, what you do. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a professional angler, professional fisherman. Uh, sounds like a really weird profession. Most times when I tell people that don't know that, I say I'm a professional fisherman. They say, oh, yeah, like that like that crabbing show on TV. And I'm like, no, nah, not like that. But um, basically what I do is I fish professional bass events, professional bass fishing tournaments uh, here in the United States, across the world. And I also do a lot of other stuff in the fishing industry, which in includes some marketing, sales, product development, and then some TV stuff. Uh, you know, we do a lot of TV projects and um, it it's really, it's been my hobby from when I was seven or eight years old and all these years later, now I'm 47, it's, it's my profession, but it's still something I love to do. I'm very passionate about it. That's awesome, Mike. And so... Uh, along this journey here, how, about how old were you then when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, it, it changed my perspective totally. Um, we had our first, first daughter. Uh, I was in my mid-20s. I had just started my career, my professional career in fishing. Um, and it really, you know, it I would say it grounded me, um, which had a lot of positive effects, you know. Um, as a kid, you know, I, I call myself a kid, but as a young man back then, there was a lot of a uh, lot of anxiety in starting the sport and traveling so much. One one of the things about the sport is so much travel, and I think having a child really grounded me in the fact that no matter what happened in my professional realm, I knew I had a lot of responsibility uh, on the fatherhood side. But also had a lot of love on that side. And that that grounded me, you know. So I don't know that, you know, flash forward 20 years, I don't know that I would have had the career I've had, the success I've had. And I don't know if I'd be the person I am if I hadn't had a child in my mid-20s. So um, it, it was great. And the other thing I can tell you is, you know, with every child, I feel like I've learned something. You know, I've gotten maybe a little better, uh, as, as time went on, but also that everyone's different. You know, what, what worked for my first one, her name is Drew. Um, the same thing 
same things don't necessarily work for my youngest one, who's Estella at seven. So it's been an interesting journey. It's been awesome. Uh, would never, never have done it another way. Yeah, well said. And I, I'm, I find it the same way as you. Uh, my four kids couldn't be more uh, different than each other, even though they come from the same place and they all take a different style of finesse when it comes to um, parenting them or disciplining them, which is what I would like to ask you about now. Like, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Yeah, I, I think it's a little different than what I grew up with. But um, I also think that my spouse and I have a little bit different styles, which I think is a good thing. You know, I've, I've got a lot of buddies who say, you know, oh, my, my wife and I discipline in different ways and it's terrible because it's it's not consistent. And maybe there's some fact to that, but I think it's great that my disciplining style is a little bit different than Becky's and I think they complement each other. But um, so, you know, my background is I grew up without a father. Uh, I grew up in a, a single mother household. I did have a lot of great, strong father figures in my life as a kid, including my uncle Don, including my grandfather, my, my, we called him Pop. Um, and I think a lot of what I learned from a dis discipline style came from those two men, you know, so not necessarily my father, but, but those two guys. And, um, you know, I'm big on um, positive, what I call positive reinforcement. You know, when, uh, when, when things are good and they're doing things they're supposed to do and they're doing things that are right, you enforce, reinforce that with a lot of positive stuff. So for us here living out in the country, you know, that's, that's more time fishing, that's time on the boat, that's time playing soccer, that's time on the iPad with their buddies. Um, and when they're not doing things that aren't right, you know, you, you sort of take those things away. Um, that parenting style has worked for me. Um, my wife is a little bit, I would say a, a little bit harder on them than I am. And I think that's good. I think that's good that, um, you know, it, it complements, I think what I'm saying. So, um, they're not different messages. They're the same messages. They're just a little bit different style. So for all you dads watching out there right now that, uh, think you're in trouble because you have a different parenting style than your spouse. I think you're okay. I think keep doing what you're doing if it's working. Yeah, good stuff. And I talk about all the time on the show here that we have a real fatherless crisis going on where there's so many kids that are growing up without a father or a father figure in their life. And yeah. it has really just devastating effects on our society. But like you said, even when you don't have that father, if you have that father figure around you, it really does seem to have uh, a lot of the benefits um, on the upbringing. And uh, getting into what you do, what are some of the benefits of um, of teaching and going fishing with your kids? You know, it's uh, there's so many benefits. Uh, the, the big one that I really want to tell you is uh, fishing to me, I believe, is one of the last great activities or sports. It's one and the same that connects you and connects a child with nature, with the outdoors. Um, you know, in 2020. There's a lot of stuff going on um, and not all of it's great stuff. You know, um, a lot of kids can be distracted and go down a path that's not so good. But being outside and being in nature, it's this there's a beauty to it, you know. And, and again, I, I, I don't preach that kids should aspire to fish professionally or have a career in the sport. But being outdoors, being outside, fishing teaches you so many great life lessons. Uh, they teach you so many um, 
things that are hard to learn in other parts of their life. Um, I, I can give you a couple right off the top of my head. Uh, patience. You have to learn patience to be a fisherman. Um, it's a puzzle. So you have to learn putting pieces of the puzzle together. Um, you have to learn how to read what's in front of you. You have to learn about the environment. You have to learn about weather. You have to learn about fish behavior. There's all these cool things that happen when you go fishing. Uh, and, and I think it's great. And as an underlining benefit, you know, if there's dads watching right now, um, it connects you with your children in a way that you won't believe. Uh, you know, when you're out on the bank or you're on a dock or you're on a beach or on a pier or you're in a little boat and you're out there fishing with your kids, it sort of shuts off everything else and it becomes you and them. And that's a very, very special time. Like I, I can think back and I can remember fishing trips with my uncle and my grandfather. I remember trips when I was eight, nine, 10 years old, vividly remember. I can hardly remember anything else from my childhood, but I can remember those moments because we were so isolated and it was us together in nature. Um, so I, I, man, I can't stress enough, you know, if there's dads watching that, even if they haven't fished, if they've never fished in their life, Google, Google it, Google how to fish. We have, I have great stuff on my YouTube site, which is Mike Iconelli fishing on how to get started in the sport. It's so fun. It's not difficult. It doesn't take a lot of money. It's a very minimal investment in, in, in uh, financial means. Um, and you can find somewhere to fish near where you live. I don't care if you're in the country, in the suburb, in a major city, there's water near where you live and there's fish that swim in that water. Yeah, very well said. And I, I'm, I fall right into that category. I'm more of a city guy myself. So uh, I wanted to take my boys and have that experience. So they have these ones by Atlantic Highlands here where they're um, in, in New Jersey, where they're uh, fishing trips like the charter boats. And you yeah. go down there and, and the guys, they bait the hook for you. They explain everything to you. And they put everything in a capsule form. And it's and it's really just that you get a chance to enjoy the experience without having to worry about not knowing what you're doing. So uh, uh, I agree. I, I love the experience doing it. We, we, we try to do it, you know, at least once or twice in the summertime together. Um, and and, and it's, it's fun, too, that, that it's become such a huge sport, like you said, over the last 10 years. I've had Justin Lucas on the podcast here. Yeah. He's in the Bassmaster Elite Series. And, um, yes. you know. Well, how, how much when you get to that professional level, how much of it is skill versus how much of it is the technology that you guys are using um, to, 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 to find the fish and, and to win in, at that level? When you get to that professional level, how much of it is skill versus how much of it is the technology that you guys are using um, to, 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 to find the fish and, and to win in, at that level? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it, it is like other professionals in other sports, whether it's uh, baseball, golf, hockey, NASCAR. Um, I think it's 50-50. I think for sure you have to have something innate inside of you, um, you know, whether it's a God-given talent or whether it's a passion, uh, you know, um, something inside of you that that's all you think about, you know. Every professional I know, whether it's fishing or other sports, that's what they love to do. They can't stop thinking about it. So I think you have to have that. But in fishing, I think, you know, technology has helped a lot uh, from the rods and reels to the material and sensitivity to the lures 
that are so much better now at attracting bites and catching fish. And then, of course, to the boats and electronics, you know, that has advanced so much in my time in this sport in 20 years. It's unbelievable. Um, but in saying that, if you don't have that first part, if you don't have the innate drive and ability inside of you, you could have all the technology in the world. It's not going to help you rise to the top, you know? Yeah. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, I think that goes with just about everything you get involved in in life. And uh, what about for you? Like, what are your favorite, uh, what's your favorite spot to go fishing? Which one do you enjoy the most? You have a particular place that you love to go and fish? I have a, I have a few. Uh, I would, I'd give you two. And I would say Lake Champlain in upstate New York. It borders uh, New York and Vermont and Canada. Uh, they call it the sixth great lake. It's one of my favorite lakes in the, in the world, not just in the country. It's got every species of fish you can imagine. It's beautiful. The scenery is gorgeous. I've been gone there since 1990, uh, about one trip every year or a tournament every year there. So I, I love Lake Champlain. But my heart, the place that I learned how to fish um, and the place that I connect with the most is the Delaware River. It's the tidal Delaware River. I grew up in Philadelphia, uh, then moved over on the Jersey side. So from when I was five or six years old to now, I consider it a, my home body of water. And there's a beauty to the tidal, a tidal river like the Delaware. It fluctuates. It goes up and down seven foot. Um, there's history there. There's a city. But you can, you can travel up a creek and you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. So the Delaware River is, is a pretty special place to me as well. Awesome. And, and, and since we're in this uh, uh, coronavirus quarantine lockdown, it seems like a good idea now to, to more than ever uh, to go fishing with your kids. Have you had any trouble? I know I've seen some reports, uh, depending on where you are, where people have been told to stay out of the water. Now, have you had any trouble fishing during this whole uh, lockdown? You know, well, I, I haven't, and I know, uh, depending on what state you're from and depending on where you're at in the world, uh, you know, different states and different countries have different restrictions and regulations. But uh, the great thing about fishing in general is you keep hearing these words, uh, self-quarantine, self-isolate, social distance. I can't think of a better way to do that in nature than fishing, you know, and, and, and again, that's when you strip it down, take away the $100,000 checks and the trophies and the TV shows, you take away all that. Fishing's a great way to, to go out by yourself or go with your kids and spend time alone. Uh, and, and I couldn't think of a better time than right now to try it and to go out and do it. Um, if there's dads watching right now that hadn't fished since they were a kid, man, take this opportunity to go take your kids fishing if you're allowed. It's so awesome. It's such a great way to self-isolate in nature, on the water. And, uh, and I really think, you know, there's a lot of negative going on right now. And there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. Uh, there's a lot of depression. I mean, I know what's going on in the world right now. And fishing is a way to remove yourself from that. Uh, it's, it's definitely a way to, um, to have fun and relax amidst this terrible thing that's gone on. And I, I think that a silver lining from this, when this is done, whether it's two weeks or two months, um, I think a lot more people will have gotten into the sport of fishing and hopefully will continue to fish when, when this is over. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Mike. And I think one of the keys to all that is it gives you a chance to get away from the noise that we constantly, I mean, yes. we're overrun with just uh, media and news and, and so yeah. much today. I mean, yeah. it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's great for a lot of things. It gives me the ability to do this with you today. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits to it, but sometimes it's just way too much. And I think sometimes we need that. I mean, I'm a faith-based person myself, but I mean, just having that that silence sometimes and have a chance yeah. to be alone with your own thoughts can be uh, so uh, important to your development and your growth and everything else. So I, I agree 100 percent. And, you know, here's the other thing uh, to, to tell you about fishing with your kids is that you don't have to catch anything. And that's the best part of the sport. I love to catch them. It's great when you catch something. But getting out there, it's the experience. It's being in nature. It's seeing wildlife. It's that chance to isolate with your children outdoors. There's so many benefits, even if you don't catch a fish. Um, I can tell you all my kids in the beginning when I taught them how to fish, it was more about them just casting, learning how to cast and having fun casting. I don't think we caught anything with any of them their first two or three trips out. But uh, it's the experience and what a great time to, to do it. Yeah, very cool. And now I, I see they have a lot, which is odd. I guess it kind of defeats the purpose, but they have video games like bass fishing video games, which kind of seems a little uh, against what the whole purpose of it is. Have you ever, have your kids ever played that? You ever played those video games? Or did you ever consider coming out with a Mike Iaconelli bass fishing game? They do have those games out there. And my, my kids have played them. My son especially loves some of the fishing games. Uh, and, and, you know, to an extent, it's a way to, keep you fishing and keep you engaged in fishing when you can't go fishing. So for a lot of people, the winter, you know, it gets too cold to fish or there are times when you can't get out. I think it's okay because it keeps you engaged a little bit. Um, but uh, if there's anybody, any dads watching right now that, I don't know, they work for a video game company and you're interested, man, hit me up, Mike Iaconelli uh, on Facebook. I'd love to create a video game. I have some big ideas. Yeah, awesome. I would love to see that. And uh, so what else? I mean, you've had so much success with your fishing career. You're popular now on social media, YouTube. What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm honestly, it's, it's a situation where I pinch myself every day because I am getting something. To, I'm getting to do something I love to do. Um, I've achieved a lot of the goals from a competitive standpoint that I've always dreamt about. So uh, I'm in a really good place, but, you know, I want to just stay in the sport. A lot of what we've talked about right now is sort of what I want to shift to maybe in the second half of my career as I get older, which is get new people involved, you know, and, and there's so many ways to do it. Uh, doing the show with you today. Again, I appreciate it. It's a great opportunity for me to spread the gospel about fishing to hopefully get new people involved. I want to continue to do that. We have a foundation called the Ike Foundation, and um, we focus getting, on getting kids fishing specifically in areas like where you're from, you know, in, in cities, uh, in places where fishing isn't the norm. That's what we really try to try to uh, go after. So um, we have the Ike Foundation. We have an education program called the Bash University where we teach fishing. We uh, instruct people on how to fish. So, you know, those businesses, I think, to, for me, will be what I gravitate toward as I start to go down in my competitive fishing. Um, but, you know, man, if I'm getting to, to, to talk about fishing or being in the outdoors, it's, it's a dream come true for me. Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely drop a link to the foundation and tell you your contact information in the description or in the podcast 
show notes uh, for this so my listeners can just tap the links, get over there, find out more about you, more about the foundation, everything else. Um, last thing I want to hit you with here, Mike, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Wow, uh, man, that's a tough one. I wish we had about five hours because I've got <laughs> books, books and books full, full of advice. Um, you know, I, I would say the one thing, maybe relates back to what we were talking about. It's the biggest lesson I learned. And this applies to whatever activity you're doing with your children. So for me, obviously it has, I I used it a lot in fishing, but you could use the same theory in soccer, in uh, football, in softball, in field hockey, whatever activity is to separate yourself from that activity and make sure having fun is the number one priority. You know, when I'm on the water, that competitive angler, you know, I want to, I'm a hardcore angler and I, I want to compete and I want to catch a fish. And, and dads are just like that in soccer and baseball and field and all that stuff. But to turn that switch off and make it fun, make that activity fun. And again, it doesn't always mean winning. It doesn't always mean catching fish. It doesn't always mean doing the right things. You got to be able to turn that switch off and make it fun. Um, in the fishing world, I bring a lot of snacks. I bring other stuff. I bring water guns. I bring binoculars. When they were real young, I brought toys. I always wanted to make it fun. And you have to pay attention and watch their body language because when they're when they're done, when they're ready to 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 stop and do something else. You got to see that and you got to be willing to turn it off and, and leave or go do something else. And, and again, as a hardcore fisherman, that's hard to do. Uh, but a lot of times they'll last 10 minutes, maybe two hours, maybe five minutes. And you got to be able to read that. And when they're done, you have to be done. But make it fun. Make that activity fun, no matter how hardcore of a dad you are in that particular activity. Make it fun for them. Yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been a lot of fun an honor for me. I got to say, Mike Iaconelli, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. I, pre- I can't tell you how much I appreciate being on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million thank yous to you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Mike Iaconelli for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in Friday on the podcast. Dr. Dilip Joseph, who was captured and held hostage by the Taliban until SEAL Team 6 came in and rescued him. I did have the honor of interviewing the Navy SEAL who was awarded the Medal of Honor for rescuing uh, Mr. Dilip Joseph. So you're not going to want to miss out on that. Lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out all the guests that will be here next week. I got three bangers coming your way. Find out who. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.